Steve Mathis production. Check it out, Pulp MX fans. We're proud to announce iPhone users can now get the official Pulp MX app from the App Store and have archives, show drops and technical info, stories, and even exclusive bonus Pulpcasts not available anywhere else. As always, use the Mathis code at btosports.com, and when buying from Amazon, click the banner on pulpmx.com to show your support. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOsports.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast Show. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. With me on the line is uh, one of the good guys in the sport, former uh, Canadian national champion, former amateur champion, uh, member of uh, a few teams, podium placer a few times, and uh, now very busy in his post-racing life, and that would be another than Josh Woods. What's up, Woodrow? Uh, not much, man. Just on the grind here at GPF. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, always, always good to talk to you, and uh, I've known you for a long time now, since, uh, probably since the Nick Way days, maybe even before then. Um, yeah. Fine, Nick Wood is. Yeah. Uh, so GPF is, uh, I guess, explain what that is and what's going on down there and how is it? Um, Georgia Proxy, it's uh, like a membership uh, training facility. We mm-hmm. have uh, Supercross, Motocross, Arena Cross Track. Um, and uh, it kind of originated out of, you know, when I was coming up, mm-hmm. um, needing somewhere to go train, uh, especially for Supercross. Um you know, the, you know, most guys just went to the West Coast, and yeah. there really wasn't anything on the East Coast for for to even consider that. What year would this have been? What year? Um, it would have been like '99. Oh, that long ago. A couple years before I was okay. like ready to do it, but right. you know, I was doing good as an amateur, so like it was you know kind of you know trying to plan ahead, and uh, we came up with an idea with a couple of other families from Michigan, mm-hmm. um, uh, and we were all you know top amateur riders and came up with a good idea of, of building a place that kind of paid for itself and gave us our own tracks and stuff to, to ride at. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, it was a great theory, you know, and, and, and at the time, you know, it was more looking for a place to pay for itself, not really yeah. so much of a business. Right. Um, and so it was, it was me, uh, Nick Adams, who was a top amateur, uh, Josh Lichtel and, uh, one other guy, Nate Larson. And, um, all of our families got in and, I was the only, I was the oldest out of the guys, yeah. the racers, yeah. and I was actually starting to make some money racing in Canada at the time. Mm-hmm. So I had a little bit of money, um, and so I invested myself. So I was the fifth owner mm-hmm. at the time. And so it was me and my dad were separate. And uh, and it just kind of evolved into a business now that I'm done racing and so, um, something for me to do. And yeah. for people who don't know, it's, it's out by the Tallahassee area, and yeah. MTF, Millsaps Training Facility, was that there or was – no, MTF actually kind of originated out of our place. Um, oh, okay. We were here first. We kind of started the whole training facility thing, I think. Well, um, well, okay, so if you were there first, why that place? Why that remote out there? I've never been there, but I've heard from everybody who's been there. Like, how did Ray Ray, your dad, and uh, how did everybody decide, hey, let's go out to the this way and buy this land? <laughs> um, well, we were down here doing some, you know, I think it was like 99, probably the winter, like, 98, 99 winter, mm-hmm. um, down here doing some riding, doing some winter am races um, during my, you know, Christmas break from school. Yeah. 
Um, and we rode some tracks in the area. And, and uh, Dave Millsaps, Davey's dad, had just built a place here in Cairo, Georgia, and you know, invited us to come up and ride it. And come to find out, Ricky had just built a place right down the road. Okay. And so we checked out Ricky's place. Ricky Carmichael. actually let me yeah, ride at his Ricky place, Carmichael. like when it was brand new. Yep. And uh, and then there was another track too. Um, Lee Williams had a track. So there was all these tracks in Cairo. So okay. when we came up with the idea, um, you know, it was like, well, you know, here's a, a county that's letting all these people do it, mm-hmm. and these people aren't really having any trouble, you know, uh, building a track because. You know, I think anywhere you go now in the U.S., man, you're going to get headaches as far as yeah. noise and, and ordinances and everything else. So so, uh, so we approached the county, and they approved everything we wanted to do, and we started looking for a piece of property here, and we found it. And so okay. here we are in Cairo, yeah. Georgia. I always wondered how, like, obviously Ricky's – Ricky moved up there a long time before – well, 99, though, that would have been. He yeah, was, he it was, was probably 98, 99. It was pretty new when I rode there. He's from Actually, around Tampa. New. Yeah, he's from around Tampa area somewhere. Like No, well, he's been living in uh, just outside of Tallahassee. No, no, I know, long, but when he was a kid, time. when he was little, little. Like, yeah. He's somewhere, somehow the family migrated up there at some Yeah, point. they went to Havana, which Havana is just on the north side of Tallahassee. I mean, it's probably 20 okay. minutes from, from where Ricky's place is in Cairo. Okay, yeah, and that was when he was pretty young already. So, yeah. and then, so then, uh, so then probably... Big day, Millsaps was like, "Hey, Ricky's there. Let's go there." And then you guys shortly after arrived yeah. there. Okay, I'm, I yep. always just just it blows me away because apparently there's nothing around there. And, uh, it's but, not as it's not as bad as you make it sound. I mean, we're we're actually not far from some big towns. I oh, mean, okay. Thomasville, right. Georgia is pretty big. It's 15 minutes away. Cairo itself is actually, you know, it's not big town by any means, and yeah. there's not a whole lot going on. But yep. you know, it is a you know. We uh, there's Walmart and some fast food places and stuff. Right. So it's not it's not like it's not on the map. Yeah. Um, and then Tallahassee is yeah, you know 45 minutes right. away. So so the, we're not we're not totally off the map here. So you've got this facility down there, and we'll we'll get to your career uh, here in a little bit. But your your sounds like every time I talk to you or when I talk to Nick or somebody who's spoken to you, mm-hmm. you guys are adding and building and growing and really turning this thing into something, huh? Yeah, we've just kind of had, uh, you know, all the time while I was racing, you know, we never, you know, we needed, needed it to make money to, to make it work. Right. You know, we weren't trying to live off the place. You know, yeah. my dad still works for General Motors. Um, my mom's retired from General Motors. Um, you know, I was racing up until 07, and mm-hmm. so, like, I always had my own money. So we never relied on GPF to make money. So yeah. anything we did make, we just kind of went back into it. And we just constantly rolled the money over and rolled the money over, even till yeah. this day, and, and just have grown the place and grown the place. And so now we're sitting on a spot with, you know, quite a bit of acreage with some yeah. really good tracks. We own most of our equipment. Um, we have very little overhead. Yeah. So we're, we're just sitting really good. You know, we've lined ourselves up to be in a great position, and, all and the, now uh, we have some great guys that want to train here and, and ride here, and, you know, uh, I, you know, I, we, we have a lot to offer to them. How, all the original partners still involved? No, no. Nope. Actually, uh, me and my dad are the only ones. Oh, um, okay. You guys, you we guys... kind of just bought everybody out over yep. the years, and, and now it's just me and him. Wow. Uh, and, and, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's uh, yeah, the, we, we've, you know, uh, those were some pretty. Uh, we had to take out, you know, some more money and stuff, and, and have yeah. a little bit more overhead doing that stuff. But yeah. but now we're in a position where we're looking really good. But and, it's paid off. Um, yeah. We had brought on one other uh, owner during that time, um, you know, just because there was some uh, financially, it was a lot of money. Yeah. Um, right. You know, we have a lot invested here. So um, so Rick Charbonneau, Chad Charbonneau, he was 
He raced pro there for a little bit. Um, he ra- he, he, yeah. he, he's a good sand rider from New England, right? Exactly, yep. And so he actually is part owner of the MTF deal, too. So it's kind of a, a strange relationship <laughs> uh, on the whole deal. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, he's kind of been the money guy for, for their deal. So, right. um, you know, we're in the process of uh, – you know, uh, getting, you know, he, he obviously his kid quit racing a few years ago, so we're in the process of uh, buying out his share right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so wow. so it's pretty much just me and my dad. He's been a silent partner for the last four or five years. And uh, so you're there full-time. So, yep. or are you there full-time? Uh, well, yeah, last summer I sold my house in Michigan. Um, so what's it, <laughs> what's, it like, what's it like in the dead of summer when there ain't too many clients there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, you're lonely. You're sitting in the woods as the crickets are going. <laughs> well, it's not too bad, actually. Um, yeah. You know, now we have a lot of interest in guys staying for the summer, and yeah. uh, yeah. and like the month of July, I do like a Loretta Lynn's boot camp. Oh, okay. Which is which is awesome for the guys that come because I mean the biggest deal about Loretta's is how hot it is, yeah. and how humid yeah. it is, and I mean we have identical, you know, heat and humidity to what Loretta's has. So, Good point. Yeah. Um, if not more. So it's it's perfect for the guys to come down and get some training in and it's fun for me to work with the guys and uh you know, I, I do go to the races now, I go to Loretta's and, and mm-hmm. then after Loretta's I'll go to Michigan for a week and, and and uh I usually go to Walton each year too, the Canadian National. Yeah, yeah, you, you did you ride there last year or the year before? Yep. No, yeah. I've rode it for the last three years actually. Right. So um, um uh, Hey, so uh uh what, where, before we get too far into this thing, what's your website? Where, where can people find out more? Uh, GPFMX.com. Okay, yeah. So and, and basically, you you have, you have day rates, uh, week rates, month rates, right? And yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, we don't we uh, we're not necessarily open to the public, but you know, if people contact us and want to come for what do you mean you're not open to the public or whatever. I'll come up with a rate for you. Um, also, do training with guys here. Uh-huh. So. Um, you know, all, all my contact info is on our website. Um, yeah, just get a hold of us, and we'll get you set up, man. It's uh, if you got a lot of guys are heading down south, especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Canadians seem to be on their March break right now, so <laughs> yeah. we're getting uh, our Canadian infestation yeah, the always last a, week or so. Always a good thing. I got no problems with that. Um, <laughs> I like the Canadians; they're good business. Uh, now I'm no I'm no marketing expert, Woodrow, but when you say you're not open to the public, huh? What is what does that mean? Um, well, you know, we sell our memberships as a private facility. Oh, okay. Like, we don't want this thing to just get overrun. You know, like, we have, you know, we have uh, over 30 members. Oh, okay. People that live here during the winter months and train here. Oh, I didn't get that. All right. Now, that's, you know, like, that's our MO. You know, like, that's our our income. That's what makes this place run. That's what we've always sold this place on. Okay. Was a place for guys to train during the winter that's not just going to be crazy overrun. You know, you guys can do your motors when you want. So, yeah, yeah. And, and it's worked really well for us. Okay. Um, and so, so, you know, we're not just like a, you know, open to the public practice track. Although, we're pretty lenient on, you know, if people contact us yeah. and want us to... Uh, want to set something up. That's actually why I get a lot of questions of why we don't have our address on the website. Yep. It's because we really don't want people just showing up. You know, like <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, yeah. You know, we, get, uh, we get to the day where there's 50 people on the track, and then i got to do something. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that, that, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing to me. And, of course, you have the Millsaps training. How's the relationship with the Millsaps training facility? Didn't I hear you guys were warring, like Hatfields and McCoys, um, at one point? <laughs> I mean, when, it, when we, for everything first went down, um, it was a little bit ugly. Um, you know, because we knew what they were going to do, and it was actually one of the original owners of here that 
that went into business with Colleen okay. Millsap yeah. and, and started the place. And we knew what they were going to do. And they did it during the summer when, when we weren't here. I was home in Michigan. Um, our place was shut down. Right. And, and so it was kind of uh, a little bit of a rough relationship at first as when they were getting started because it was a, a big competition for business. Of course, yeah. Um, and, you know, we've kind of over the years have kind of separated the way we do business a little bit. They yeah. offer more of... I would say a farm system okay. over there, yep. you know, where they're bringing kids in and out a little bit more. They do have people that stay there all the time, yep. but, you know, they're definitely more big business than they are, yep. um, than we are. And But, you know, their overhead, they have huge overhead, and it's just a different way that they're doing it. And, okay. yep. and they're doing well. I mean, there's always people over there. Um, but, you know, we seem to be able to work together now, you Good. know, I mean, Good. Yeah. I think they get business off of me, and, and I get business off of them, and it works out great, you know, I mean people that come here or to there get to see both places. I mean, we're literally, you know, right next door yeah. to each other. There's yeah. a fence that joins us and with the gate open all the time. So, uh, um, the, so people get to see oh, the, what both places are all about. There's a gate come. open Woodrow between them, so you could get guys sneaking <laughs> in riding both places. Yeah, I mean, we get people from over there that want to come here out here on certain days. You know, I mean, and I've had guys from here, you know, on weekends when, when they're – don't have any, you know, other camps yeah. or anything going on. We'll go over there and just pay the daily fee to ride. Okay. So, right. so it works out. You All know, right. it's great to have another track so close to go ride. Right. So it's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. And, you know, honestly, uh, it's great for you. It's great for the MTF guys. And it's awesome for you and your dad what's going on. It blows me away, though, that there's so much demand for this, right? Like business for you, and, again, you're, you're, you've recently become – more active and, and investing more money and building the place up, but you, you have to have had a hundred percent of business increase in, in the last five years. Like, the, um, yeah, it's I crazy. Mean, even just the last two or three, you know, and right. when the economy kind of went downhill, we got really nervous. Like we weren't sure if this thing was going to float. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, we thought, man, we're, we're, you know, we're going to be in a lot of trouble, but businesses has just really continued to grow. And so, you know, I think it's for one here, we're able to operate at, at, really good cost for people mm -hmm. i mean we're able to very reasonable on our prices i think yeah. for people to come and stay here so um you know that helps a lot you know we're, we have really we don't we i don't think we've ever lost business because of our prices mm -hmm. um you know it's uh it's you know it's more circumstance like the the rider yeah. quits racing or or uh just not into it anymore so, so. you're uh, you're pretty handy on a dozer now i would guess and all that yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty good on equipment. I've been running a Bobcat since I was about 14. Yeah, so yeah. I'm pretty good on one of those, <laughs> and now I'm really getting good on the dozer. So right. Um, yeah, I'm uh, and and the excavator too. You know, we run an excavator every year and change the tracks, and I'm getting to do more and more on my own. So now, um, pardon my uh, pardon my ignorance, Woodrow, but uh, yeah. is a full on Supercross track there? I mean, it's not on. like it's it's built and designed like just like what you see on Saturday nights. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. it's it's full on. Um, yeah, big, big whoops. Actually, my guys complain about the whoops every once in a while and <laughs> yeah. tend to go around them a little bit. But, yeah, it's, right. it's a full-on Supercross track. We actually used to have Barnett come and build it uh -huh. okay. until I got confident on enough on equipment to, to do it on my own. And, yeah, yeah. and actually, me and a buddy of mine, Nate Larson, like, he, he comes and helps me build it, and we turn out some pretty good Supercross track. Yeah, we'll take yeah. a replica and kind of modify it a little bit. And, well, the good thing is, and, is you um, can get on your bike, too, and test it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I test out the whoops. I'm I'm not big on doing triples and stuff anymore. Come on, Woodrow. Come on. When, 
when the guys start complaining about the whoops, I'll pull out my 05 CR250 and, and listen to show them that it is possible to go through. Right. You're like, listen, ch- check, check this out. Now, hey, uh, listen, I'm glad it's going really well for you, for sure. Uh, good things happen to good people, and, and you've always been you've been a good guy and, and, and more success. Uh, hopefully you get more success down the road. It just it blows me away yeah. that, like, uh, the parents and everybody, I mean, they're just flocking there and sending their kids, and, and, and it's great. Great, yeah, great. it is. It is, man. It's a huge opportunity for some of these kids, and uh, it's it's a ton of fun for me to see the kids really progress and 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 get better. And the ones that want to come here and work, you know, obviously you get the ones that are just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. But um, but you know, when you get the kid that that is just pumped to be here and really wants to get better and does get better, man, that's that's a great feeling to watch them and work with them every day. Um, give me a give me a guy that has has gone through GPF. And uh, become, you know, a, a really great rider in our sport. Or is there somebody that uh, you know you saw show an incredible amount of determination and heart and really make himself something that that you've been part of? Um, um, any names? Uh, anybody that you can think of that has sort of maybe surprised you a little bit um, and all that? Um, you know, I, I, I not a two mile horn, but may, I mean, maybe myself a little bit. Okay. You know, without GPF, I you know I would I don't know if I'd have done as good in Supercross and yep. stuff. I mean, not that I did, I killed it, but yep. you know, I mean, I did all right, you know, and I, I kind of thought self-taught myself a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, being a, an East coast or a Michigan guy and, you know, not getting to spend much time in California or even riding a Supercross track, you know, I mean, I pretty much self-taught, especially that first year yeah. uh, when I did it full time first year with ECC Suzuki, um, you know, I basically was riding here by myself and, and taught myself how to hit whoops and everything and <laughs> yeah, yeah. came out and, and, you know, got some decent results. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do have a kid right now coming up that's made huge improvements in the last year. He's been here for about a year now. His name's Mitchell Harrison, okay. riding super minis. And, you know, I think you'll see good stuff from him this year. Um, you know, his problem is he's he's getting big for the super mini. So, um, you know, we're going to try to do our best to get him on a good bike and, you know, I think he could do good. He, uh, he's he's been out racing in Texas and been getting some seconds and thirds behind uh, Adam Cincerillo and oh, yeah. uh, Chase Bell. So you know, those guys are, you know, him racing with those guys is a, a big big deal for him. You know, he's come a long way in, in the last year. So. Yeah. Um, um, uh, that's uh yeah, it's cool to see. Uh, and of mm-hmm. course, the uh, Canadian guys that you've hosted over the years, from Fasciati to Medaglia to JSR to, uh, yep. I mean, you name it, almost every Canadian guy has been down there at one point or another, right? Yeah, yeah. JSR started the whole thing. Um, you yep. know, back uh, early in my racing days, you know, JSR was coming down here. And, and uh, come come May, when the weather really started getting hot, you know, me and him would be the only ones here about pounding out motos by ourselves. So, yep. um, you know, uh, it kind of started with him, and then it, that turned into – um a blackfoot membership and blackfoot would actually send their riders here and do their testing here right and over the years and now that blackfoot has kind of pulled the plug on their deal um you know had guys want to come back and actually andre lauren too um who did the suzuki team up there yep. for the last so many years uh you know he used to send his guys here so yeah we've had a huge uh canadian base here you know a lot yep. of the guys coming to do it and uh you know, I got the Medaglia brothers here now. Um, Tyler and Jeremy training. Um, Jeremy cut and, Jeremy, and, and Jeremy, Colton's here too. Jeremy so. cut his hair yet? <laughs> now Tyler and Jeremy have a competition going. I think for oh, for geez. longest hair, both oh, of them are man. looking the same. They're pretty ragged. Yeah, yeah. They, he's got to cut that hair. I hate to <laughs> I hate to sound like 1950s guy, but come on, <laughs> come on, Jerry Bear. Yeah. Um. 
uh, hey, let's get into uh, let's get into your career a little bit. Um, yep. One of the top amateurs in, in America, really coming out of uh, how many Loretta Lynn's titles do you have, or Ponkas and all that total amateur? Um, two. Yeah. I didn't never did Ponka. Okay. Um, I got a couple Loretta's titles. Um, you know, maybe could have had a couple more if it wasn't for uh, injuries and, and yeah. some bad luck. But yeah. Um, but so, yeah, two titles, uh, kind of later in my racing days. Um, one in schoolboy class, and then one in uh, the 250A Pro Sport. Uh, a real good trivia question for people is: uh, What two riders uh, were given uh, three-way shots by Mitch Payton? Three or four-way shots by Mitch Payton on yep. the Pro Circuit team, and it's yourself and Andrew Short. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Both kind of got the a little tryout ride, and neither one of you guys uh, kept it. And um, no. <laughs> talk about that uh-huh. though. Talk about coming from amateurs into into uh, pro circuit uh, spot. Well, for one, it was a huge opportunity for both of us. Um, you know, I think we we're both kind of in the same boat. You know, we weren't quite weren't quite ready to go full time. Yeah. But it was a great opportunity for us to get our feet wet, and uh, you know, a great opportunity by Mitch to really ride some what real bikes were because I don't think either one of us knew how much better those bikes were right. until we rode them. Um, and the deal was supposed to be for three supercrosses and three outdoors. Uh-huh. Um, I think Andrew did the supercrosses. I. I hurt myself or something and wasn't able to do the supercross races, but yep. um, I did do the three outdoors. I actually did four outdoors. Um, Mitch gave us the bike to ride on. Uh, you know, I think both of us did four or five outdoors. Yep. Um, you know, they let us ride the bikes a little bit more than that. Uh, what our deal was for, um, you know, and, and had you know, decent results. You know, I was getting in the top 20s and, you know, get some points anyways and kind of yep. uh, learn my way around the, the national circuit a little bit. You know, got to do some big races. So uh, it's cool. And you, I mean, and you were a Cowie guy your whole career, I believe. Anyways, your amateur yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. Me and you know, Team Green, the whole deal right. um, for did a it, long time. Did it and, bum uh, you out? Did it bum you out when he didn't get you back the next year? Uh, I mean, I kind of saw it coming. Um, you? Yeah. You know, just with the guys Mitch had at the time, um, and I don't remember who he ended up picking up for the next year, but. Right. Um, you know, I think the big question mark was Supercross yeah. for me, anyways. Um, you know, because I didn't get to do any of that year, and even if I did, it wouldn't have been pretty because <laughs> I just didn't have time to train for right, it. I right. mean, I was in high school still, and yeah. my parents refused to let me homeschool. Which really, um, huh? Yeah, high school. Thank- I'm super thankful for nowadays. Like, I mean, it really gave me the social skills that maybe I wouldn't have had uh, otherwise. So, uh, yeah, short- um, Shorty's the same way, actually. Shorty went to high school too. Both yeah. of you guys. Yeah. 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 So. Um, so I think both of us, it was hard to really train for, you know, I had zero time on a supercross track really, you know, when, mm-hmm. at that point. So, uh, we had just built GPF at the time and I think I got to come down here and ride supercross for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, but, but that was pretty much it. So, so it would have been pretty rough for me to do any supercrosses that year. And, you know, I don't yeah. think it would have helped me in right. any way. So, so I guess, like I said, I, I kind of saw it coming, um, was going to have to do something else. Yeah. Um, before you before you got the uh, ride with Mitch, though, still as an amateur, you raced the Canadian Nationals. Did pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I did all right. Um, I think it was uh, 99. I rode B intermediate class or B class at Loretta Lynn. Got a couple seconds. And uh, and I went right from. Who beat you? From the, uh, I think Ben Riddle. Riddle, yeah. yeah at least in one class. Yeah. I think I, I don't know who won the other one. Maybe he might, Hamlin. He might be at the Walmart down the road right now. <laughs> If you want, if you want to go, if, if he's not in prison, <laughs> yeah, that was jacked up. But, me, but uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I shouldn't have said that. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, so I went right from there, and, and the very next weekend was Walton, the final round of the Canadian Pro yeah. Series, and and I raced Walton growing up on 80s and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I w- it was very close to where I live. It was only three hours from where I grew up in Flint, Michigan, and uh, and so we decided to go there, and that was going to be my first pro race, and and that year was the final year that they everybody rode both classes, and so we loaded up a 125 and a 250 and went there and rode both classes against I think Blair Morgan and Doug DeHaan and. Right. You know, Dubay, a couple other guys. Um, and I ended up winning both overalls for the day. I think I went 3-1 in both classes nice. and, uh, and won the overall. And that led to me, for 2000, getting a call from Ron Ashley and Kawasaki Canada um, wanting me to come and race the whole series in uh, 2000 and 2000, well, in 2000. Yeah. So um, after a lot of going back and forth with Team Green and making sure it wasn't going to affect anything I was doing in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, with them and Loretta's and um, a lot of sponsor conflicts, we worked everything out, and I went racing up there. And that was, you know, for me, a 17-year-old, and it was a great experience to learn how to go to the airport, go to the races, um, yeah. you know, race big races but not overwhelmingly big races. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So it was it was super cool. Um, can't thank Kawasaki Canada and Ron Ashley enough for for the opportunity they gave me to go do those. And uh, it was cool. That was the first year that they had kind of split the series, you know, or split the classes. And uh, the 125 class they did like an east and west deal, and the 250 was all one series. And then so the series started out west with four west rounds, and so I just rode the 250 mm-hmm. at those. Yep. And um, Rode the first race. I think I won the first round, and so I was leading the points. And oh, geez. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was doing well. Uh, Doug Dubok came up that year, and he was freaking animal on the, yeah. the 400 or whatever he was riding. Right. His bike was just so good, um, and he never got tired. So you know, the guy <laughs> was uh, hard to beat, and he won on a pretty big winning streak there for the next couple races. But uh, I think I maintained second in points when the series went east, and I was supposed to ride 125s. Yeah. And Cowie asked me if I would ride both classes. Oh, jeez, yeah. And so I did it. Uh, it was tough. I think I was a lot of throwing up and and uh, dehydration and stuff going on. Yeah, those for sure. Towards the end of the day, you know, just just overworked. You know, trying to keep up with guys that were only riding two motos. You know, and yeah. me riding four was yeah. uh, was tough. Four thirties, yeah. Four. Yeah, well, or twenty five you know, minutes. I learned yeah. a lot, and it yeah. was uh, a ton of fun. I ended up winning the one twenty five East. So I was pumped on that, and yeah. um, I uh, I think I got I broke my hand at Loretta's, uh-huh. and then I came back and rode. I rode a race just to wrap up the points in the 125 because I'd won every moto to that point. Yeah, but uh, dropped out of the 250 because of my hand, and uh, I don't know. I still ended up sixth or something like that. Right, right. And, and then was it that year that you got the call from Mitch at the end? No, no, I rode another year up Did, there. Okay. Um, so, 01, I went back to Canada again. And mainly that was just because, and at that point, I did have some offers to ride in the U.S. Yep. But um, I think with, like, you know, pretty, you know, Planet, Planet Honda, which was out of Michigan yeah. team. Um, and uh, maybe one or other two other teams. But but with me in high school, it just wasn't real feasible for me to train for it the way I needed to. So, yep. you know, the best option was for me to, keep racing in Canada for another year, um, do the same deal. And we did that again. And, um, you know, kind of an up-and-down season uh, in Canada. Um, 
ended up getting hurt, so I didn't didn't win the 125 again. I did the same deal, rode 125s again on the east. And, yeah, 250s on the west. Um, yeah, but uh, I had the, had a couple good races, a couple moto wins, um, but uh, and then won Loretta's that year. And uh, that was when we got me and Andrew both got the uh, the pro circuit deal. End of a one, okay. Wait, no, that would have been end of. No, it was in a one. We had the pro circuit. I take that back. Okay. Um, so in 2000, we got that. We were offered the pro circuit deal. So in 01, I did everything. I rode U.S. nationals, Canadian nationals, <laughs> and Loretta's, and yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a crazy year. Whatever, whatever you could, you rode pro sport. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so. Uh, and, and also too in Canada, you probably made some good money. As I did. A kid. I, yeah. You know, as as a you know, I made definitely made good money. The second you know, the first year I think I did it for free. Yeah. Um, they just paid all my travel, and I got to fly in and out every weekend. Um, which there was probably only two or three guys getting paid to fly in and out every weekend. But yeah. Um, and, and then uh, <laughs> in '01, I actually got paid per race, so I made good money while I was racing up right. there. And like I said, I learned a ton, and and uh, was a ton of fun getting to travel around to places I probably would have never got to. You, you saying you're from Flint, and I kind of forgot that you were from the central part of Michigan. <laughs> um, give me your best swing story. you got to have some. Uh, you know, I never really got to hang out with Swink too much. Um, you didn't show up at some log road race and beat everybody or anything yeah, like I that? Yeah, I mean, Swink sort of was my hero growing right. up. I mean, that's why I actually ran uh, the number 26. Oh, was it? Um, oh. For so long as an amateur. You know, when I – I think when I was on like PW50, Swink was like in his final year of yeah. amateur, and he ran number 26. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, somehow I ended up with 26 on my bike, and I ran it forever. Right. Um, and uh, you know, he was just yeah, uh, he, he was done by 97 or 98. So um, yeah, before you even turned yeah, pro, I did, a, but... I did a little bit of training with him. I think he tried to make a comeback like an 01 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And dude was going, he was going really fast on a 125. Lost a bunch of weight, and yeah. then. Uh, tweaked his knee, and then that was the end no, of it. That was the end of the comeback. Uh, yeah. uh, he just called me the other day, by the way. I need to call him uh, back. Yeah, uh, uh, swingster. Um, so uh, you didn't get the PC ride, which uh, definitely, you know, like you said, you understood it. Uh, but then you went to ECC? Yeah. Um, I kind of got Escondido the ride. Escondido Cycle Center. Yeah, it was, the team was managed by Mike Craig. Yes, please yeah. give me some Mike Craig stories ASAP. Please. <laughs> Well, so so I got the deal because Craig was racing in Canada, and he yeah. saw that I was you know going fast up there and beating him. Did did he you know, not? Did, did he not was winning the Canadian series and then just didn't show up for the last round? I think. Uh, then something yeah, happened. Like something happened. Like I don't that. think he was ever winning the series, but uh, okay. I, he won a moto or two, but he'd okay. probably win the first moto and then uh, yeah. struggle the second moto. But anyways, um, okay. So he 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 sees you and, and hires you for the. ECC yeah, Suzuki yeah, team. you know, and, and, you know, probably made me a bunch of promises that, you know, I guess didn't really come through, but, you know, I mean, I was happy to be on a team in the U.S., and, and uh, you know, right. being a new team, I knew there was going to be headaches, yeah. um, but, you know, dealt with it and, you know, took my shot at it, and uh, so I trained my butt off for it, and uh, luckily I I had a relationship with Cole Grass at Suzuki. Uh-huh. And, man, if it wasn't for him, that year would have been really tough for me because Cole hooked me up. I did a race or two for him. Uh, I think I did I, – what I did is I did minios for him. He asked me if I would do minios. Okay. Um, and I had just come off the Cowies. He said if I did minios, he'd give me three bikes and a parts and, and help me out. And, yep. And, uh, and they did. And they gave me double tendency. 
So I ended up going to Minio's, and I won everything and made a ton of money yeah. and got three bikes out of the deal. And then, you know, all year long, Cole was my guy. If I needed something, I could call him, and he hooked me up. So you were on ECC, <laughs> which is a bit of a clown show, but luckily Cole uh, was. Yeah, it was, it was a joke. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so we go to the, you know, the start of the season. Well, I'd, I'd go to – they'd bring me out to California to do testing, and I was supposed to ride East Coast. So during the West rounds, I'd come out, and yeah. I had, I'd have to stay with Mike Craig. And it was uh, <laughs> that was a learning experience in itself, staying uh, with Mike Craig yeah. and, and figuring out how to hey, if take care of myself while if, I'm there. If you're the owner of Escondido Cycle Center, which is a you know a million dollar operation and uh, one of the leading dealers in the country, and you're having a race team, what in the hell makes you pick? Look at Mike Craig and go, "That's my leader. That's my guy." <laughs> like seriously, like. I don't know Craig that well, but there's a million and a half stories about Mike Craig out there. Yeah, and I, I, I got, have no idea. Um, you know what I, I mean? I guess just the name more than anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this was probably before his name was too tarnished. Right. You know, but, yeah. I um, mean, come on. Like, so basically, uh, yeah. And then, hey, let me, keep this, let me take this amateur kid that is like uh, an up-and-comer, some serious skill, and let me put him in with that guy right there. <laughs> You know, I don't, it just makes me, it just really makes me shake my head. And it's, and it's not the only time that's happened in our industry. You're just like, yeah, it's like feeding, I, it's like feeding you to the wolves, like a young kid, <laughs> you know? It was for sure. Uh, and, and actually me and my dad got in a huge fight over it. Oh, did you? Um, and yeah. basically that was the deal. Like he was really leery about sending me with Mike Craig, um, <laughs> Ray you Ray. Know, on a team with Mike Craig. <laughs> Yeah. Because I had an offer from Blackfoot to race in Canada for another year for good money. Right. And he was really leaning towards that just because it was he knew it was a solid program. Yeah. I was going to make good money to do it. They were actually even going to go supercrossing, which I think they were back then. They were doing the supercross series. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but I, uh, I ended up doing the Suzuki deal. And luckily for me, the deal worked out with, with Cole Grass and, and – I think before the season, I ended up buying my own motors from PR2 because the motors were junk, right. and we were running pro-action suspension, which was terrible uh, at the time. And, and so I, I think I ran, like, the first race on – a buddy of mine did the suspension, and I ran it for the first round of the series. Yeah. And then Suzuki stepped up and gave me a set of kit stuff. But the deal was only RG3 could do it, right. even if I didn't run stickers on it. Yeah, I'd yeah. be them doing it. And – uh that made a world of difference. Yeah. Um, made a huge difference. The bike was 100% better. Um, I had my PR2 motor, which was great. Yep. The thing worked awesome. And I actually got some good finishes. I think I got three or four top fives, yep. um, close to a podium at Pontiac. And, uh, you know, I actually had a decent season until outdoors. And then we ran into more problems. But um, this is, this, uh, would have been your lime green Suzuki. No, red. Oh, red. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the next year, actually, our bikes looked pretty sweet in O2. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with red seat covers and stuff. So. Right. Um, you know, our look was legit. Just, <laughs> the, you know, the the semi was nice. The right. the bikes were pretty cool. You know, but uh, behind the scenes was was pretty rough. Um. So. And the uh, yeah, I can imagine. Like I've I've heard the, some of the stories. But uh, so did you ride for them again, or it was next year KTM? Oh. No, the next year was KTM, yep. and, you know, I went into the offseason with nothing and, you know, was pretty determined not to go back to ECC. Right. Um, even though I was, uh, you know, a good pick for that team because I was the only guy that finished the season. <laughs> um, <laughs> and 
I think I it was getting late, or it was probably late October, I guess. And yeah. I, you know, you were a fill-in, right? No, oh, okay. um, I had a relationship with Ron Heaven from the Team Green days. Yeah, and and uh, you know, he was working for KTM, and you know, kind of you know, stayed in contact with him, and uh, I think it came you know mid October something like that, and and he's like, you know, I want I really like to just see, you know, he goes, I don't have budget for it, but you know we'd like to get another guy because I think they only had three guys uh-huh. for 125 and they wanted a fourth. Um, and then they had two guys for the 250 effort that year. Yeah. Um, and they had two semis. They had a pretty big effort going, going but big, yeah. you know, they wanted to add a fourth, you know, so they had two East and two West. Yep. And, and I think I went and did some races. I went and did English town, New Jersey on my bike and, and killed everybody out there and ron called me when i was on my way home and said hey i want to fly you to california this week and we're gonna we're just gonna give you a tryout and so they flew me to california a couple of days later and threw me on a ktm for the first time ever and put me on the track with billy Leninovich and basically battled it out with him and <laughs> really proved that-, that i could go his pace anyways you know and we went to a super cross we went to the super cross track the second day and rode out there too and uh-huh. And uh, you know, I really liked the bike. It was it was so much faster than any 125 I'd ever ridden. Yeah. Was, well, th- that was uh, I was there. You know, for the early years of those KTM's, working for another Michigan guy, Kelly Smith. Yeah. And uh, they were fast. That that suspension, uh, especially Supercross loops, not so good. But you know, with no sh- with no shock in the way, shock yeah. to the side, air bo- air box, uh, straight shot from the air filter filter to the carburetor. They ran a 40 millimeter carb, I think, back then. They were fast. <laughs> Super fast. Yeah. Yeah. Even my practice bike was just like unreal fast. So, yeah. um, you know, you could make up for it. You know, I mean, uh, Supercross whoops were the, probably the worst of it, but outdoors, yeah. the bikes were awesome. Right. Even the suspension was pretty good. Uh huh. So, I, I think the 125s were so light, you could get away with stuff with the shock. Yeah. It just be, you know, doesn't, you, doesn't really matter that yeah. much. Yeah. When you get on the 250 is when it got really scary. Right. Right. As Grant Langston can tell you. Oh, I can tell you. I got hurt pretty bad on it. <laughs> Good point. You're right. Yeah, we'll get to that. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to these podcasts. They wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for btosports.com as well as the other advertisers. So I appreciate if you just listen to this, deal with it, order some stuff from BTO, and then we'll get right back to the show. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the btosports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike car body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. JT Racing USA is back to reestablish its deep roots in the motocross industry with an all-new, innovative line of racewear and casual wear. While bringing many of JT's strongest design elements from its golden years back to life, the racewear is constructed with the highest grade material on the market and has a technological fit, feel, and function that is sure to raise the bar in how motocross gear is being built. JT has relaunched itself back into motocross with the Pro Tour jersey, classic pants, lifeline, and flex field gloves in eight colorways with an assortment of men's and women's casual wear to add to its collection. By redefining the meaning of airflow, JT has incorporated its airline system technology into this collection and have launched their all-new ALS2 helmet in seven colorways to complete the rebirth of the brand.
The wait is over. Uh, so how'd that year go for you until until you rode, until you had your accident? Um, was good. I kept getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, the deal kind of came together late, so I didn't have a ton of time on the KTM. Yeah. And and then uh, they was kind of slated to do east, and I think someone got hurt, and they switched me to west, and and so I um, first couple rounds, you know, just tons of pressure on me. I felt like and and. Uh, yeah, after the first round, I think Ron sat me down and said, listen, you need to just relax and start having fun. And right. I put together a couple top fives after that, and uh, I think Anaheim 3 came around and was really on my game. And uh, I caught all, I came from the back and yeah. caught up to third um, behind Stewart and Preston. And uh, I think a corner away from the white flag, I got a little carried away going to the whoops and threw it away. Um Oh, that's so, right. uh, I remember threw away that. A, a podium, my first podium there. Yeah. And uh, but but anyway, it showed some speed and it was was you know really starting to feel good with the bike and mm-hmm. made a lot of improvements to the bike. Um, and so when the series went east, uh, that was the year McGrath retired and Langston got hurt and yeah. uh, Joaquin Rodriguez got hurt, so they didn't have anybody to ride the 250. Uh, so I don't know why they asked me and not Billy, <laughs> but they asked me to ride the 250. Yeah. And and so I I rode it. Um, and I was a little leery riding it the first couple of races. In fact, the first track I tried to ride it at was Atlanta, uh-huh. and the bike was so fast I couldn't ride it. Like yeah. it was it was scary to ride because it was so tacky in Atlanta, and the bike was just so fast. And I'd only had two days of testing on it. Uh huh. I think I told him after practice, I was like, I don't want to race it. I'm scared to ride it. <laughs> and so we, we came back to Georgia. The whole team came here, and we did some testing for the whole week. Uh-huh. And I think it went to Daytona the next week. And uh, and really was starting to feel good on the bike. And went to Daytona. I actually won my heat race at Daytona. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Beat your guy, Ferry. What year was this, Woodrow? Oh, three. Okay, that was the year I was working for Ferry. And... Oh, I beat him. Uh, I Maybe need to, not. I, need, I, I could be wrong. I need to Maybe check the tapes. He got third. He, that, he got there. third over. He got third on the day on the main. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm talking the heat race. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> We're gonna have to check the tapes on that Woodrow. But <laughs> anyways, okay. All right. hey, good well, for anyways, you. Anyways, yeah. I, I won the heat race, so yeah. I was pumped on that. We'll see. We'll see about that. And <laughs> in the main, uh, worked my way up through the pack, and I think I was up to seventh and and moving good, uh-huh. and the rear shock blew out, and uh. Almost killed myself going over the triple. Oh yeah. yeah, of course. So and and we had that problem more than once. Um, the shocks blowing out. I think right. two or three times. Um, and uh, had some pretty big get offs. Um, a couple times in the whoops, and I think we went to Houston. And um, was running second in the heat race, and the thing just bucked me bad going through rhythm section. I think it was more my fault though. I don't think it was necessarily the bike. Uh-huh. I messed up and uh, doing a triple in the rhythm. And bailed off the front and landed on my feet, broke both my heels. Yeah, so, that was a bummer. It was a pretty bad one. Yeah, I, I shattered my right heel and fractured my left heel. So that was uh, that was it for the year. No, it wasn't no? a season ender. I actually came back. <laughs> I came back uh, halfway through outdoors uh-huh. and was in a ton of pain, but you know worked my way back and and uh, the results got better every week. Mm-hmm. And we got to I think it was Broom Tioga. Binghamton and uh, and I ran. I got fourth the first moto, and this is the year that Langston and Hughes were one and two in the points. And yeah, Brown yeah. was right there. Right, right. And there was uh, 
lot of shenanigans going on. Um, you this know. was this was the Steve Boniface got parked day, right? The, this was before that. Uh, this oh. was the weekend after. Oh, the weekend uh, after. Bon- okay. That was at Millville, I think. Boniface got parked. Okay, yeah. Boniface so, said he's not going to help so, you know, GL. Or, Brooks or, was, was, you know, dead set on doing everything we had to do to for the KTM to win. And, right. And I don't really know why, because they were one and two on points. I don't. I, yeah. not, I, I don't think it was that close. Like if one guy really screwed, if one guy screwed up, we got another guy. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but the team orders came down that if either one of them were behind me, yeah, that we had to let them by. And the second moto, I ran third on the last lap, and Langston caught up and got behind me, huh? and uh, so I had to let him by on the last lap. And uh, that did how'd you know it was him? Did Pitboard tell you? Oh right. yeah. yeah, yeah. I got the let one 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 by. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so uh, you lost the bonus money there too, though. Yeah, well, yeah, and it, it really cost me because I think four three would have gave me second overall for the day. Oh yeah. So because I think Kelly ended up getting second overall in the day, but but uh, but anyway, so that was a bummer because that would have been my only outdoor podium. Yeah. But but uh, you know, I was really pumped to come back from the injury that I had that year, and then uh, uh, the very next week, that week practicing after that race i crashed or i got a flat front tire and and uh crashed going into a turn and i think i did an ac separation in my shoulder and so it's uh kind of been one injury after another you know like the, it was like i just get going again yeah. and we get another injury so well at, it this, was a bummer. at that point too heben was out brooks was in right not, oh yeah like, yeah we got freaking two races in and yeah and, and that was a bad deal you know because my deal with ktm was for Supercross only, yeah, and was like a wasn't even a for sure deal. If I finished top five in points, they'd add, they'd add me for outdoors, and I wasn't right. even sure how much money I would make. Yeah, and so when two races in, when he even you know got clipped for yeah for Brooks, yeah, I was really nervous. Yeah, for <laughs> you sure. Know, I I thought for sure I was going to be out, and I started talking to every team out there. Yeah, um, and even you know I talked to Mitch and everybody, and everybody was interested because I was having some pretty good results. Yeah. Um, and knew that they could get me for pretty much nothing. Yeah. And and so I had a lot of interest, and I could have went somewhere else. But, you know, Brooks liked me, and that, I think that's why he asked me to ride the 250. And I I earned a lot of respect for him by, by dealing with the 250 and yeah. Yeah, he, giving it mile. He knew it wasn't that good of a bike, but. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so um, so even after, and I and when I got hurt, I broke both my heels. I still didn't have a contract with them finalized yet. Yeah. We were still negotiating, and I really commend Larry for following through on the deal because he could have really he could have you. <laughs> he could have left me out to dry on that one, right. you know, and, and probably saved themselves a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, he signed me for the rest of the year, paid me for the rest of the year, and actually signed me for a big contract the following season. What were you so, making? What were you making from them that year? Uh, Oh one, I think they paid me forty to finish the season, okay. and for or for oh, I'm sorry, that would have been oh three, and then oh yeah. four, they paid me one hundred twenty five. Oh, so big jump, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a I got a big paid jump for uh, for oh four. What do you What do you remember about MC and and those testing days and all that and and um, what I never I never tested with MC. You weren't around then because you weren't you weren't yeah, sure. Well, yeah. Well, I I tested all like I didn't test. I guess I did all my riding here. Yeah. And then I didn't really test until probably a week before and he was already the race or yeah. something. So I don't think I really ever got to ride with MC. Yeah, he was done. But had some cool conversations with him, you know, because I think he went to every race that year, and and then especially when I rode the 250 um, on the east, you know, had some cool conversations with him because it would just be me and him in the in the 250 rig. Yeah, they had separate yeah. rigs. Yeah, yeah. And so it was pretty cool discussing different stuff with him and 
and trying different stuff and, and uh, getting to run some of the stuff that he tested. And there might have been some bending of the rules for a couple of races and riding bikes that weren't <laughs> really technically yeah. allowed to race. But, but you know, we were really just development. You know, we were trying to do everything we could to develop that bike and make it better. And and uh, and we, we made a lot of improvements. We found out a lot of stuff. I learned a ton from testing. And right. um, so it was cool. Right. Uh, yeah, there may have been, may, there may or may not have been some bending of the rules when I worked there too, with with the peak, with the with the swing arm pivot, uh, oh, yeah. uh, where the where the shot goes. Um, yeah, <laughs> may, yeah, may or may not. We were have been. we were messing more with uh, the tilting of the engine and oh, and yeah. running a pre production frame. Yeah, and yeah. changing the uh, the counter shaft position because it changes the suspension quite a bit. Right. We yeah. actually were running uh, in Supercross. I think we ran like fourteen fifty four gearing. Oh yeah. It, it made the suspension so much better. Right, right, right. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah. So okay. So the next year, you go into the next year, and uh, how's that go for you? Uh, one injury after another. Yeah, that was. And, uh, yeah. Um, in '04, I uh, testing a couple days before I was supposed to race West Coast. Um, I come up short on the triple, and you know, pinched something in my back, and you know, it wasn't big deal at first, and I kept riding and. You know, about an hour later, like, I couldn't hardly stand up. Uh-huh. And and we weren't sure what was wrong. And, you know, Brooks sent me to a chiropractor, a Dr. Toy, I guess. Is, he's, oh, this is the guy I got to go see. And, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, he would work on me. And I kept asking him, you know, is it something I should go get an MRI or get looked at more or see a specialist? And he's, no, no, I'd be able to tell you if it was. And yeah. So we kept going. And, and I went to the first round and tried to ride practice and i couldn't ride Mm -hmm. you know and so we made the decision we switched to east coast while after i rode practice on friday at the first race and went the whole time the six or seven weeks or whatever and still didn't get my back figured out and went to houston and you know i was just gritting and dealing with it and trying to ride and you know i did good in the heat race and then um come the uh the main event, my back just was seized up. I couldn't ride anymore. I couldn't stand up. You know, coming out of the corner, I couldn't literally couldn't push myself off the foot pegs. Yeah. You know, going into the whoop, sitting down, pretty scary. Yeah, not not good. Not and, good. Uh, so that week, I said I'm going to get to see a specialist, and then I went to see a specialist and found out I had a, a ruptured and a herniated disc in my lower back. <laughs> nice. And, yeah. Nice. So, you know, went almost two months getting it misdiagnosed. Right. Um, so that put me out for all of Supercross. Um, and then, uh, you know, I started training here in Georgia, and, man, I felt really good training with JSR, was doing long motos in the heat, um, was ready for outdoors to start, and uh, a week before Glen Helen, I tore my ACL. Jeez. So that put me out until, I think I came back for the last three outdoors, but, yeah. you know, it was rushed, and it was like my contract was up, and I needed to do something. And Yeah, yeah. So, so I did it, um, you know, came back and I think the, the you know, the one thing that kind of saved me that year, well, also in 04, I guess I forgot about this is everybody went to four strokes except KTM. Uh, uh yeah. And, I guess so. and right. we had unleaded fuel, right, right? Which, so, so we actually lost horsepower because yep. of unleaded fuel Yep. and everybody else just went way up. So we went from 03 to having the fastest bikes. To 04 having some of the slower bikes yeah. out there. You know, our privateers had faster bikes than us. So that was tough, um, especially, you know, the outdoors that I did. You know, we did okay. You know, the bikes were okay, but yeah. 
it, it was tough. It was tough to compete. So. Yeah, the, the, you know, you look at the results from um, the early years of guys on the YZ250F, and at the time, yeah. we didn't know. None of us knew, like, ah, whatever, they're heavy, they're, you know, they don't have the hit uh, of a two-stroke, who knows, whatever. But it's obvious that when the pack all went to four-strokes, some names that did pretty well on a four-stroke dropped back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Be- because it just, it was that big of an advantage, and we didn't it know was. that, you know? Yeah, we had no idea. Um, but, uh, so, okay, so that, that was it for you and the big money deal at KTM. Yep. Um, yep. On to uh, Samsung, Honda. Yep. Um Probably the biggest mistake I made in my career, <laughs> riding for them. Yeah, um, uh, you're telling me that Lucky Nichols wasn't the uh, wasn't the answer. <laughs> you know, like I, it's just a bummer because I had, you know, I could have had the same money and rode for the Motorsport Outlet team, which wasn't a top yeah. team, but you know they had they were legit. I feel like, and they were organized and had good management, and um, you know, I really messed up by taking the Holligan deal. Um, you know, again, a bunch of promises of what they were going to do and, right. and how good everything was going to be. And, and, uh, it was just a mistake by my part. Um, were you on, letting, the, were you on the team the same year? Talk. Were you on the team same year as DV? No. Okay. I think DV came out the year after. Yeah. Me. Yeah. But you did have the reality of speed. No. Oh, yeah. Cameras yeah. around, which we all know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of did you in. Yeah. Uh, for, I kind of forgot I had the microphone on. Yeah. The test track one day. And, and you were uh, just going off on them. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you know all the, I think all the riders on the team we all talked about the same stuff. Yeah. But you know when we would have meetings and stuff, I would be the only one to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. And and I think they accredited that too is oh well you came from a factory team and you know you just you're just used to having all this cool stuff and yeah, you know, yeah. we don't have that and but and the reality was is we had access to a lot of stuff like yeah. Pro Circuit was helping us a ton. Right. And you know we had Pro Circuit triple clamps and I wanted to try different offsets and. Nope, that was out of the question, and so you, you know, I think tr- part of the deal too, which they don't show on TV, is is I kind of, uh, I I ended up getting some parts on my own without you know, calling, okay. making phone calls, getting some parts, different yeah. offset triple plants, and trying some different stuff. Yeah, and and they didn't like that, and because we found out that it was better, and but it wasn't lucky. I had Nichols' idea, so you know that wasn't like, their. Are you saying that, like, I mean, you couldn't try different offset of clamps? They'd just be like, no? <laughs> Lucky Nichols told me that he goes, I guarantee you that will not help. We were running stock offset, which is a 24, I Yeah, think. yeah. And I wanted to run, I wanted to try 22 because everybody on Hondas was either running 20s yeah. or 22. Yeah, no, everybody, everybody, yeah. I mean, that's what you do. Yeah, and no, no, we could not because the bike wouldn't turn. You know, yeah. the Hondas were really hard to turn. I still understand Especially compared them. to the KTM. I don't understand the mentality of somebody saying, no, we can't even try it. Well, I mean, that's because Lucky Nichols had no Supercross experience. He was a, a a flat track racer. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was just it was a I I didn't know Lucky Nichols' background. Yeah. You know, I I guess that you know my fault for not really, yeah. you know, learning about the team a little more. You know, so. Yeah. Well, I got to um, know I got to know the owner Michael Holligan afterwards. Uh, I worked yeah. for him for a little bit, and I mean, he freely admits hiring Lucky was a huge mistake. And again, yeah. it goes back to the ECC thing. Like, yeah. you're going to spend all this money and do all this, and you're going to just look at this Yahoo and be like, you're running it. Like, I don't – how these yeah. people who make a lot of money yeah. make decisions like this boggles my mind. We see it all the time. It's all yeah. the WBR team. We see, we see it with team after team after team. Yeah. You know, and you're just like, wow. Like, how, how do you – 
Why do you not just go to an established manager with a good program and throw some money at him and be like, please help me. Please run yeah. my program, you know? Yeah. I don't get it. But uh, you did get a second in the mud. Second I or did, third? Yeah, or we third. went to the first round, yeah. and I got a, a second at the first round in the mud. And, you know, like the team, yeah. we, the team, we really weren't getting along at the time. Yeah. And so, But we went to the first round, and I got second. And that kind of changed everything, and the team was pumped. But yeah. I still wasn't happy. I still wasn't happy with the bike. And yeah. they were they seemed content with how the bike was. And um, Living in know, Texas sucked, probably? I'm sorry? Living in Texas, no good. Uh, well, especially when you have your own place in, in South Georgia, that's like a hundred times better. Yeah. You know, like when I got there, we didn't have a track to ride at. We were driving two hours a day, two hours each way to go to Clayton Miller's to ride because we didn't have a track to ride at. Yeah. Yeah. And the, then they built a track and it got shut down in the first week that we rode it. And it was like, <laughs> you know, at one point I ended up leaving me and, and, you know, I talked them into letting me and Summy come here for, and this was before the TV show even started because right. the show didn't start filming until the season started you know but they still like wouldn't let us go anywhere but they let yeah. us me and summy come here for a week and that was probably the best practice we got the whole time yeah yeah what was coming here for a week but you know it was like oh we got to get back and they got to start doing pre-stuff for the tv show and uh you know it's just too much about the tv show um you know and i understand holligan's side of it because yeah. that was where his money come from yeah but you know, Holligan really, you know, I I put this much blame on Michael Holligan as how bad that team was is, is Lucky Nichols. You know, I'm not to, I hate to be that guy, but I really have nothing good to say about Michael Holligan either because yeah. he, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, huge it, mistake it on my part riding yeah, that team. I was lucky to get out of it when I did. You know, I said something on TV on the camera and, and it got back to, to Holligan pretty quickly and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. five races or six races. When the series went east, um, I got flipped. And, yeah. you know, they made it dramatic, and they did it on TV and yeah. made, me look, made me look like an asshole. But, well, you know, that's... I I was happy to be out of the situation, to be honest. Yeah, I was going to say, you were probably like – more than happy to leave Texas. Yeah, you were like, oh, cool, I get to go? All right, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was – by that night, I was headed home. So right, right. I, I had my stuff packed, and I think I left it – a rent check for Troy because we were we had an apartment together and yeah. and uh was out of there. So, uh what'd you do for the rest of that year? I don't even remember. Um, well I luckily I had to wait weeks because I, I had to wait till we settled with Holligan. Okay. Um on a deal. And and luckily we did settle. Yeah. Otherwise you know, if it would have went to court, you know, it'd have been if I would yeah. have probably Could... rode with another team, then it would have basically forfeited that money. Yeah. Yeah. So um so luckily we settled with Holligan, and I'd already been working deals at the point, and, and uh, the Maestro Suzuki team was new that year. And um, Dude, I don't even remember this team. What are you, ta- what are you talking about, Maestro Suzuki? Oh, Maestro, wait, the MasterCard. Maestro credit card. The MasterCard thing. Yeah, the credit card thing. Jeff yeah. DeMint. That's it. Yeah, DeMint was riding for them. They were, and I didn't even know who they were, but I had a mechanic that I knew was working for them, and uh-huh. so I got introduced to them at Atlanta Supercross, and – and, you know, the guy had money, you know, and was looking to put it together. And Suzuki was actually giving him a little bit of support and some parts and stuff. And mm-hmm. so so I, the first call I made was to Cole Grass and found out that it was fairly legit. And, right. and, uh, and you know, a couple weeks later I had a bike. Actually, I had bought a bike before that. I bought a <laughs> – that was when the Cowie Suzuki oh, yeah, crossover yeah. bike was out. And so because I didn't have a bike, I bought a, a Cowie 250F. And uh-huh. we started riding that, 
And so when I signed with the Suzuki team, it worked out because I was riding the same thing. So, yeah. um, so I, I rode a couple West, I guess there was a couple West Coast Supercrosses left, two or whatever. I rode those, didn't do great. Um, you know, they were putting a bunch of money into the motor, but it was like still a hodgepodge of stuff that they were putting together. Uh-huh. And so it was just really unreliable. And Well, those bikes we, were terrible anyways. Oh, production, yeah. So I think we went to, to Vegas and blew a transmission in practice, and yeah. that was pretty much the end of it because we didn't have spare stuff. And, <laughs> and uh, we went outdoors, and I was going to stay riding 250Fs, um, which was tough because I was a bigger guy, mm-hmm. you know, on not such a good bike. And I, so I think at, at Sacramento, I tried riding the 250 and was just way off. And I don't even think I qualified. Really? Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I didn't qualify. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, they were still doing racing for qualification. Yeah. And I yep. think I went down in the first turn or something and, right. and was out of it. But, uh, so that week we decided, uh, I needed to ride a 450 and uh-huh. that was the new, Suzuki 450, yep. and I got one that week, and I rode it once, and went to High Point, and I got ninth both motos. So, yeah, on, on a bone stock, bone stock Suzuki 450. I do remember like, that. I, mean, I remember out that of day. the box. Yeah, I think I, I may have even ran a stock exhaust. I don't remember. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I remember that day. Yeah, you did well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then shortly after that, or not not long after that, you uh, you crashed pretty good, huh? And that was a scary thing. That was a scary deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a couple of seasons where I rode Arena Cross. Uh, the Buku series, Arena Cross series started up. So, like, I think at the end of 05, um, you know, it was considering riding for Maestro again, um, you know, because they were going to come back for 06. And so this has been October, and I'm training. I was down here training for – uh, Montreal Supercross and some other races, and I get a call uh, late October from Cole Gress, and he asked what I was doing, and I said, well, I'm just hanging out in Georgia, you yeah. know, I've been practicing and training, and he said, can you be in Dallas tomorrow to race Arena Cross? <laughs> I said, what? are you serious? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I go, well, let me, you know, I said, give me 30 minutes, let me think about it, I'll call you back. Yeah. And so I guess one of their guys got hurt, um, and so they needed to fill in, and I didn't have a contract yet, so I said, "Sure." And I, but I, and I was supposed to ride a 252 stroke and a 250F. Okay. You know, a 252 stroke in the 450 class, and I refused to ride a 252 stroke. I said, "I'm, if I race, I'm bringing my 450 and racing it." Yeah, yeah. And I'll ride your 250F. And so we drove all night. I had a buddy of mine. He drove uh-huh. all night. I slept in the van and got there at noon on on Friday and was racing Friday night. <laughs> and won a couple main events that weekend, and I was a arena cross racer. Yeah, you were now you were now in the arena cross series. Yeah, and and I led the points. Me and Demuth went back and forth a couple of times. I led the points until I, uh, during like a weekend off in the series, I uh, re-injured my back here at GPF. Oh yeah, but so um, and then got a Rockstar Suzuki ride for a couple of Supercross races, and you know, kind of just kept. I was still making money, but not getting anywhere. You know, yeah. the injuries kind injuries of and yeah, yeah. kept popping up, and I could just never get ahead. You know, every time I felt like I started getting somewhere, I'd get hurt again. And, right. Um, so that kind of just continued on. And then in 07, uh, I got a deal with Suzuki Canada to race the uh, Canadian Nationals and um, got hurt at the first round and came back from that and got a third at a race. And then um, 
uh, we had an off weekend, and so I went to Lake County Fair in Chicago to make a little extra money. Mm-hmm. And um, something happened. I still don't remember. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> got KO'd and uh, was was out. I had two spots of bleeding on the brain, and Jeez. and uh, you know, spent three days in the hospital. I was out for a day. I spent three in the hospital. You were in like a coma. Uh, yeah, I think once I was there, they kept me in an induced coma, they induced you, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, but yeah, like, you know, once they let me come out of the meds, I came out of it. So, I mean, luckily I very easily, it could have been worse, but right. Do you, it's crazy. Well, Cause I didn't, I didn't have a scratch on me. What I mean, happened? What, what does people tell you? What happened? Um, there was like a, a triple, like a, a, a three to a ski to a three and then a triple after it. Uh-huh. And a lot, I think everybody on two fifties was going inside roll double and then hitting the triple. Yeah. And I think I went outside and tried to triple, um, yeah. and I I think I cased it and then endoed into the face of the triple. Oh, into the face of the next takeoff, yeah. Yeah, so I think that's what it was, um, you know. So yeah. uh, that's what I've been told. So. Yeah. So um, uh, are any long time any long term effects from that, or did you hundred percent feel? Now up? I don't I don't think so. Now you know there was some I really struggled with my short term memory for a while. Yeah. And, and not that it's ever been good because I've always been terrible with names. But um, <laughs> well, someone had told me like uh, six months after the accident, they're like, "Well, Woodrow's really struggling. Maybe Nick did. Uh, you know, yeah. he's still he's still not right. You know." Yeah, I mean, my my reaction time took a long time yeah. to come back. I mean, like yeah. I just couldn't. You know, I tried riding again a little bit, and it just wasn't there. You mm-hmm. know, I couldn't do stuff the same, and and maybe I still can't. You know, or I, I don't know if it's just because I haven't I don't ride as much, or if it's that I am off, but. You know, I just, I definitely wasn't going to risk my life to try to get back to, to what I was. To, to barely making by, barely scratching by type deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, with the arena cross thing, I was still making decent money. I yeah. mean, I wasn't, you know, I, you know, I think uh, the first year I rode arena cross, I made $100,000. And I really? didn't even finish the year. I didn't even, I don't know if I'd have won the championship, I'd have won 250 probably. Really? That much money, huh? Yeah, they were paying crazy money. Yeah. It was. It was nuts how much money you could make doing it. And I, I was blown away. I mean, I was making ten grand a weekend. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I mean, no, wonder no, why, sal- no, I wonder why, no like, salary. I was just going off what I was winning. No doubt. Like, no wonder why DeMuth and Lange and those guys just never, you know, yeah. they just were like, yeah. sweet, but, I'm staying I mean, it's here. nothing like it was. I mean, the Buku series was just awesome. And the Suzuki bonuses were awesome. But um, still Buku didn't know, pay anybody after that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, a lot of checks bounced and were late, but but mm-hmm. I think they settled up with just about everybody. Right. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so you know, I I don't think I was ever you know the whole time I was racing, I was always making money. Even when I rode, you know, that '07 when I signed my Canadian deal, you yeah. know, it was I was getting paid to race dirt bikes. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I didn't want you know anything after that. I would have had to definitely after the head injury. It was. If I'm going to try racing again, I'm going to have to spend my own money. Yeah, and yeah. and that was just there's just no way. Did um, you have built up a little nest egg from years of racing? Did you have a little bit? Yeah, yeah. You know, I had some money saved up. Right. You know, I had a house in Michigan, which ended up being a money loser. But right, of course. <laughs> wow. But uh, but you know, initially that was bought as an investment. But you know, GPF I guess was more my investment. I yeah. put a lot of money into this place. Right. Um, you know. Uh, and you know, uh, hopefully, I'll never lose that. But, yeah, yeah. Um. You know, it's doing well now. So. So, um, uh, were you supposed to ride? You weren't you supposed to ride for OTSF Suzuki that year, in Canada? Yeah, in 07. Yeah, yeah. I raced a couple races. Like I said, I got hurt of the first round, 
like right off the start, big crash, and I got caught in it and separated yeah. my shoulder. And then I came back for Calgary and Nanaimo, and I got like a third and a fifth. Uh-huh. And then the yeah. very next week was when I had my head injury. You just didn't want to go to Manitoba. You were scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my hometown. Pretty much. Pretty um, much. Um, so basically, and then that was it. After the crash, you just backed it down, went GPF, yeah. started things yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, that was just, you know, okay, here's GPF. You know, it's it's time I either you either try to make something happen with it, you know, and right. we try to make this a, a business that you can make money off of, or yeah. it's just going to continue being a place that's just fun for us, you know. Right, so. that's just kind of, it's making, it's doing okay, It's but nobody's creating a business out of this. Yeah, well, right. you know, and like the, just the, the main, you know, we didn't have somebody working on it all the time, you know, it was like, I would work on it here and there, or uh, Chad Charbonneau, who's the other owner at the time, like he would work on it here or there, and, you know, it was just kind of, and there wasn't a ton of guys, so you didn't have to work on it all the time, but yeah, um, it was just no one that, you know, okay, this is what you got to take care of, you know, we just, and we would hire guys occasionally to do stuff, but, right. you know, it just, it just wasn't the main focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I made the decision that, you know, I'm going to focus on GPF, I'm going to try to make it work. We'll see how it goes. Right. Um, worst case scenario, I'm sitting on a lot of property and I'll sell it and get my money back or come out a little ahead. Right. So, um, you know, that was kind of options. And so I, you know, I've put all my time into this for the last couple of years and, uh-huh. and, uh, we, I've seen it grow, grow a lot since then. Right. You know, right. um, we have a lot less complaints about the track, uh, you know, and, um, I'm getting better at building stuff and, and making it fun and, you, you know, you were, learning how to keep it rough, but not too dangerous. Technically. You were also a team owner for a little bit there. You had a little team going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, my dad started that actually when I was still racing, oh, okay. he kind of started doing the arena cross thing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I got more involved, uh, when I quit racing and, and went on the road with the guys, uh, for a couple winters doing the arena cross thing. And we won a bunch of lights titles doing the arena cross. And we were actually the only lights team. Yeah. You know, and the whole reason we did the team was to take GPF guys and help them either get their pro license or get their feet wet racing supercross. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we took guys like AJ Catanzaro, who's riding for the Olin's team now, um, you know, and took him from a 17 year old amateur kid who had tons of talent, but had never really raced yeah. on a bigger stage. And, and, you know, took him under my wing and we took him racing and, you know, gave him good bikes and had a ton of fun. And he, you know, he won some races. So, um, it also, we did it with Tyler too, Tyler Medallia. Um, you know, he had never really raced indoors and in the U S and, um, uh, just worked out that, you know, he was able to, uh, do some arena crossing for us and he had a ton of fun, I think. And, you know, ended up winning a title for that too. So it was good. It was a lot of fun for me. Kind of cool. Work with those guys. Yeah. Run a, run a little bit of a team, you know, not that we, you know, we were the lowest budget team ever probably, (laughs) (laughs) but we made it work. I mean, just lowest budget because. I did everything. I drove the truck. I worked on the bikes. Yeah. Whether we had two riders or three riders, it would either be me or my dad at every race, and we would there'd be one mechanic for two or three guys, and we made it work. But they had really good bikes, and and just really well set up, and we were really prepared. We were probably more prepared than any other team. And, um. You know, yeah. Yeah. And, and wait, a way for you to get back into racing, right? It was. It was, and you know, I love the sport. You know, like it. Yeah. Uh, me and my dad both. 
my dad, you know, like I don't know what I'd do without it. And I'm super thankful to be able to be involved with it every day and be around it. Otherwise, you know, not racing would be a hundred times harder. Uh, yeah, than 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 just sitting at home in Michigan or whatever. And just, absolutely, yeah. Or, you know, I'd, by now I'd have to have a real job because yeah. <laughs> the money would have dried up by now. Yeah, I I feel like uh, uh, going through your career here, like some bad decisions, some injuries, yeah, and and not not probably probably didn't make up of yourself in your motorcycle career what you could have with your talent. Um, would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I obviously had bigger aspirations, yeah. you know. Um, I really think, the, you know, the injuries are what held me back. I, it yeah. wasn't – I don't ever think it was for lack of effort, you know. Right, I right. worked my butt off um, my whole racing days, you know. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever had a ton of talent. You know, I started off not that great young, young early in my career. Uh-huh. Um, when I hit 13, 14 years old, I figure out that – Hard work does pay off, and I started plugging away and just kept plugging away at it and got a little better and a little better. And, you know, I never even, you know, right up to the end of the amateurs, I didn't have a ton of support. I had good support, you know, um, but I I never had had the most support. I look at it like this way, though. Like, you weren't far off Nick Way, your buddy Nick Way, my my friend Nick Way, Michigan kid, team green kid, hot, hot prospect. Uh, Nick might have had a little more "quote unquote" hype than you, um, but you know, not a lot more. And you know, we both know what what our friend Nick Way has done. He's yep. uh, he's made millions of dollars and had a good solid career. And I feel like that maybe could be Josh Woods had someone not sent him to live with Mike Craig and then not done this <laughs> deal and not you know do you know what I mean? But where, yeah. where Nick got a little lucky, got in with Pro Circuit early. Yep. and uh, learned all about discipline and, and doing the right things, and then, path, and then you know, he slowly went from there, and he's had some shady team deals too. But, um, yep. you know, I just feel like it, and there's a fork in the road, and Josh Woods went right, and Nick Way went left. It, it easily could have been switched. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Nick had, I think, a little more support than me. Um, yeah. Maybe a little better options at times. Um but you know, Nick is—he's stayed healthy and he's made yep. good decisions with his money, and he's you know kept plugging away. Like Nick is works his butt off. Yeah, yeah. For I sure. think Nick's biggest problem is he overtrains. To be honest with you, right, but, right. Um, you know, but it's worked for Nick. You know, Nick has had a great career, and um, you know, I don't regret. I think anything in my career, yeah. other than maybe signing with Samsung Honda, but. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I had a ton of fun, and I, like I said, I worked hard. Um, you know, things you right, easily could have went the other way. Yeah. You know, if I would have got a podium here, I wouldn't have had this injury or that injury. Right. Because um, outside, but I don't, of, I don't dwell on that stuff. You know, well, that's um, good. Because outside of your I, KTM factory team, those are some shitty teams you rode for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I made it work. You right, know, I, right. 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 With what I had, and yeah. you know, did what I had to do, and. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Other than Factory KTM, they were, like, they were pretty pretty hokey teams. You know, Cole Thompson, a Canadian kid, probably spent some time at GPF. I would imagine. Yeah. Um, his brother called me um, last year and was like, "Hey, we want to go pro, but we don't have any, you know, solid offers from a Troy Lee or a Geico." And I, and I told him, "I'm like, you know, you only get one shot of this, and if you go to some janky team with some janky bikes and you end up 
you know, getting hurt or the shock blows out or, you know, you don't have the support and you kind of wreck yourself early on, it just makes it that much tougher. And so I said, hey, you should stay back another year and dominate in the amateurs. And, you know, they did get a couple offers from some smaller teams, but they chose to go about themselves, which is probably the yep. right way to do it. But you know what I mean? Like, yep. that that first shot you get is the most important one. It's tough, yeah, yeah. Yep. So that's kind of – I tell the guys here, you know, that are riding here, I go, you know, it's you only get one or two shots, you know, yeah. unless you unless you have a big name, you know, or yeah. you're a amateur star, you yeah. know, you might get more than one shot, but – you know, if you're just Joe Blow and you do get a shot, you know, you got to make it happen. Yeah. You, can, you know, so. Yeah. Um, well, and coming from somebody like yourself who's lived it and done it, at least it, it's got to make them pay attention. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have some guys here that do really well. And, uh, you know, I've listened and, and keep getting better. And right. we actually have quite a few guys who have been making Supercross mains. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, the Italian there, uh, Angelo Pellegrini. Oh, yeah? I didn't. Yeah. Uh, the white yeah, helmet, he, white helmet stock graphics. Here. Yeah, white helmet um, stock graphics. Yeah, yeah, he's doing good. Uh, I just saw him today, actually. He, he came and rode this morning before he headed down to Daytona. Yeah. Um, you know, Pooh Sipes, um, Jeremy, Alex and Jeremy Martin are training here. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we got some good guys. Right, right. Um, you know, they're working hard, and it's uh, – you ever, it's fun to work with them. Do you have sure. do you have uh, do you have social drama at GPF? Do you have to tell uh, people to leave? Do the, you have the to? The busier we get, the more the more we get. Yeah, like it's, you're you're like, hey, just can we all show some common sense and courtesy? But nope, probably doesn't happen. It's it's like well, because if you're dealing with age group is fourteen to twenty, right? You know? So you yeah. get the high school drama basically, yeah, right? You know, it's uh, just stupid, st- silly stuff and. <laughs> You feel like you sometimes you feel like you're like a principal. I really do, yeah. And <laughs> you know, uh, we we have to have meetings every once in a while and sit everybody down and remind them that you can't do this or you uh, know, yeah, remind them why they're here. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And and it happens. You know, these kids are getting they get bored. You know, I mean, yeah. you can only ride their bikes and train so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's other days you got to find stuff to do, and and it's a bunch of boys. You know that, yeah. you know, and they're going to get in trouble, and 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 part of it, I think, it it doesn't help is they don't have the social skills from you know right. most of them are homeschooled. Yep, yep. Which is tough, but you know, it's I'm not going to bag on it because that's my clientele is yeah. the homeschoolers. Yeah, um, the homeschoolers. <laughs> but uh, so, so yeah, you get you get a little bit of immaturity, but you know, I, I guess it's going to come. Right. With that, so we just try to keep them under control, and and we have, we've kicked people out because of it. You know, I mean, if they yeah. do something too dumb, then you got to go. Right. You know, we we're this is certain stuff we're not going to put up with. So, um, you know, though they can go find one of the other training facilities to go go wreck. Right, right. Uh, well, hey man, thanks, Josh Woods. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, good times. Uh, love hearing about people's uh, journeys and careers and how they got to where they're at and all that. And always interesting, I think. So. Um, yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for sharing it. Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, anybody looking to head south and go somewhere to ride, uh, look us up gpfmx.com. Yeah. Um, and my contact info is on there and, you know, it's, uh, guarantee it's one of the best, well, there's lots of facilities out there now, but you know, it is, if this is what you want to do, yeah, we have everything to offer you. Well said. Um, um, cool. Hey, stay on the line. I'm going to talk to you. Yep. Uh, the, but thanks for doing the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast show.
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200 episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.